0: Welcome to the Portland Real Estate Podcast, Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one show for real estate news and information. Without further ado, here are your hosts and a couple of guys who as busy realtors and successful brokerage owners know a thing or two about real estate. Steve Nassar of Premier Property Group and Joe Fistolo of Soldera Properties.
1: Hey, hey welcome. <laughs> Do do do, do 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 That was Tucker. We're doing that for you, Tucker, because every time before we went live, he would uh, click the button and go do, do 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 and wait for it to go live. And we are live and we have James Lee with us. And we're yeah. really excited for, for this one. And um, first, I want to say, welcome, Steve. This has been a great week generating all these questions for James. I think we have some good questions and we're gonna share some some good awareness, don't you think?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. James, we've already kind of promoted this a little bit and we got a lot of traction. A lot of a lot of people know your story, James, know of you. Maybe not as well as they're gonna know at the end of the next hour, but that's our goal is to share your story and the inspiration that you are able to provide so many. Of us who oftentimes you know think we have you know challenges and adversity to overcome whether it's the market or personal situations, I can very confidently say that I'm not aware of any realtor in the Portland metro area that has some of the, the challenges anywhere within the realm of you. So let's just get into it. If if you guys are ready, let's start chatting about who you are, your background, and then we'll go in straight into some of. Those challenges and, and how they came about. Yes. So, James, welcome, first of all.
2: <laughs> well, welcome. And <laughs> before we start, if I, if I could just bring in maybe one suggestion, if you're sure. looking for some, some sort of music to start it, maybe you should go with the circus, like, I mean, is that more your style? Am I right? That's what people are Yeah, we're actually see the circus.
0: Yeah, this is actually, since you since you brought it up, today's podcast. Now, the, the, we do two things here. We do a live stream into Masters, which is also mm-hmm. shared on Facebook pages, and Joe's and mine. That doesn't have the packaging that the podcast has. We then create a podcast from that. Today's podcast, which will be created and probably put out by Friday via all the normal podcast mediums. We do have new music and we do have a new intro Ooh. and outro ones recorded by me ones recorded by Joe. So there's a little teaser there. If you guys want to see the, the newest um, gift wrapping on the podcast, make sure to check it out. This, wow, later how this week.
2: creative you guys are. Well, it's actually
0: a cool story. Joe, you wanted to say, tell them where the music came from?
1: Yeah. So my business partner and great friend, Patrick Krause, is just brilliant at everything. He's an artist, he's a musician, awesome golfer. And uh, when we were looking for music, it has to be like public domain music. Cause if you use a clip of a famous song, you get blackballed from everywhere YouTube. Yeah. So his band does a song, and his band is Party of Four. And it's a clip from his song, joking here. Take it, Steve. Oh, okay.
0: anyways, so Joe and I were like, okay, we need to ch- find a new song. It needs to be yep. something that we have rights to, so you know we don't. Uh, and and we we've been working with a consultant on podcasts, and he advised that strongly. He said, yeah, they're cracking down. They'll, there's a likelihood they could find you if you're ripping off a song, which. Maybe, yep. maybe, or maybe not. We were before, but we'll leave that to, to people's guessing. And so we were like, "Well, okay, maybe we'll buy something." We and Joe was searching online, and then he, he he lobbed out. He was like, "Hey, my buddy and business partner Patrick has a song," and I listened to it for like ten seconds. I was like, "Done!" Like, what a home run! Like, yeah. we know we have the rights to it, and it's just perfect. It's it's just a really cool intro with some drumming eventually. So, well, look for on that. the
2: video. On the video I sent you, I definitely bootlegged some some songs that yeah, at some point I'm sure YouTube's gonna be like, Yeah, I don't think you asked Lil Wayne if it was cool to use that song, James.
1: <laughs> you know, I shared be okay. I shared that in Masters and it said, Hey, we recognize proprietary music. It's it right. like flagged. And so and I don't know how many people watched the video. I know a few people did because they commented, but this is a great segue to the first question. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's back up. Let's back mm-hmm. up, Joe. Okay.
0: Actually, in the video, I have the video written down because we've watched the video since we first talked about our questions and it needs to be part of the question. So I, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. The first thing I want to start with, James, I want to get right into, I, I don't want to start with the incident in 2014. I want to start with the James before that. So okay. tell us about your past, where you grew up, went to school and what what you did before real estate and maybe transition into how you did get into real estate, because I believe that happened before, correct?
2: Correct. That is correct. Yep. No, Born and raised pretty much in Gresham. I think my high school teachers gave me passing grades just so I could be out of their hair. So I'm (laughs) a schmuck from Gresham is what I am. Never actually attended college because I always thought I'd be self-employed. Then my father and I had a uh, remodeling company right out of the high school. And he's still actually a contractor, but he, he actually is more real estate now and we'll get into why that is, right? So before my uh, real estate career, yeah, I was a self-employed remodeler. We used to build new homes. We built Beaver Creek Telephone. We've done some public work, stuff like that. And I really enjoyed it, but I started getting really upset about how dirty I was every day. (laughs) And, And I always had this love for real estate. And what I found was what I provided in value, for my clients, was something that I didn't see a lot of other agents doing, which a lot of agents know the process about how to buy, how to sell, what we do. That's our job, right? But not a lot of them know the product as well. And I was somebody that could definitively start letting people know about the product on their house, how to maintain it. Are some of these things issues? Or is there a problem that you're seeing? that maybe not isn't as aggressive as maybe you might think. And so I turned into real estate. I went from one career where I go into someone's house, say, hey, I'm going to tear it up. I promise you I'll put it back together. And so now I had to go into a room and say, hey, I'm going to make sure you do X, Y, and Z. But trust me, when it comes down to it, it's going to work. And so it was an easy Transition for me in that regard. And then I also found that working really hard 10 hours a day in real estate is like the equivalent of working really hard two hours in remodeling. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it and I was addicted to it. And what I, year did
0: you get licensed, James?
2: I got licensed in 2009, I want to say. So about 10, Ooh, 11 years time. or so. Well, 2009, maybe 2000. Maybe 2010, right in there. And I got in. Rougher
0: time for the business. (laughs) uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're getting
2: colder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not getting better. And, you know, and so, and of course, like when you start off any business, because you guys have started off business too, you either have to, you're in it part time to start with, right? Because you need to still pay bills. You got a job you have to do, but you also have to commit yourself. To to making this big transition in your life to being a self employed realtor, which you've never been. So I found for the first, you know, everyone has that token first deal. I think when they get into real estate, have you guys found that there's a mom or a aunt? It's like, oh, I've been it wanting sure to do real It sure is nice estate. when you
0: do. It sure is yeah. nice when you do. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's like, oh, wait for me. I'm gonna get my license, and we'll do that. So at that token one, and I'm like, oh man, this this is awesome. And then for six months, nothing, and then. I started aligning myself with really, really smart and incredible agents. First one was I identified the top producing agent at my office, which was Oregon Really at Realty at the time. And that was Stephanie Murrow. She was doing a lot of new construction stuff and
0: I pretty I knew much, that office. Yeah, yeah, that was the office much, right off of two um right right there off Sunnyside. Yeah. Yep, I, yep, I remember yep, that office. Yeah. Yep. I'm Cheryl Steve
1: Lucas Cheryl to...
0: Clunis was the Yep.
2: She's one of the yeah. very influential people in my yeah. life as well Yeah, that, yeah. that has been huge. I, follow, I have followed her around pretty much where she went to Suma. I followed her there and stuff too. Awesome. So she's also yeah. somebody who is great incredibly teacher. influential. Oh, my god, Great gosh. teacher. Yeah. Between, yeah, I fell into a really good situation. She was a great teacher. Uh, Steve Lucas was a great principal broker. Uh, he was business, which that was by me. I didn't need to touchy-feely, right? Because he gave me the facts that I needed, that I needed to be able to know to convey to my clients, right? So I was, I was very fortunate to have two really great teachers growing up. And then also my uncle, Dan Goss, was also in, had been in real estate for a long time. He was in Oregon Realty as well. So I learned a lot from him also. Every good idea I've ever had, I've stolen from a much better agent. It's a good yeah, way to well, go. Well, I found the difference is just some will do it and some won't. And that's mm-hmm. really the difference. Like The top producing agents are hardworking people. You can't become a pinnacle in any career without working hard. So that's what I. That's a great
1: model. That's an amazing model. Finding someone who has it figured out and then replicate that. We call it R and D: rip off and duplicate. You know, anytime you see something that someone does an amazing flyer or amazing portfolio or whatever they do, you know, borrow it, make it your own. Right. Yeah.
0: Swipe and adapt was what we, we always called that. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. 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 Whatever you have to do, because again, I'll find motivation in something. Right. Someone might send an email. I'm like, oh, I think that message might resonate with one of my clients, perhaps. You know, so it's kind of that. So, so, yeah, I found that I saw that opportunity because they teach you, you know, start with your sphere of people, your sphere of people know you as a remodeler, not a realtor. You know, sometimes it's hard to get your your close friends and your family and stuff to even commit to somebody who's new in an industry, even if they know your credibility, right? So I kind of thought like, well, what are top producing people doing now to generate leads? Like the ones that are not just waiting on referrals coming in, because you get to that point, right? Once you get a book of business big enough, if you wanted to, you can kind of lay back and have things come to you passively. But I was I was looking at people who are still aggressively trying to grow what was already a big business for them. And so that's what I wanted to get into. And then being able to do open houses and new construction homes, my gosh. I mean, I, I was seeing... I would be in Oregon City, and I would see the same buyers every week in a different house. And I told them, one way or the other, you got to deal with me. You might as well just be with me. Let's just figure this out. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, eventually it just... You know, you start putting your sign in enough yards in one neighborhood and slowly but surely, you know, I I was like just doing incredibly well. And and I, you know, I brought Stephanie on too with my listing like, you know, hey, I want to thank you for what you've given me the opportunity for to sit back. Let me, you know, thank you for that. And we had a we and we still have a great working relationship. So, like I said, networking for me is all key. About mm-hmm. how I like to do my business.
1: Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. to
2: talk, obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so the, the networking, the networking never changes because real mm-hmm. estate is a is a relationship business. So we're always networking year after year, good times, bad times. But then for the viewers who don't know James Lee from anything other than what we posted in Masters. You had a significant day in your life, which your video, by the way, was absolutely amazing. Uh, Thank you. And I learned some stuff that that I didn't know. So for those who didn't watch the video, could you give us kind of a recap of of what happened?
2: Yeah, the day of my injury, I was out. uh, It was a golf tournament, actually, with my buddies, the four of us. It was was, Well, it was in June, June 21st. Was it a real
0: estate golf tournament?
2: It was not a real estate okay. golf tournament. It was golf was part of my life. Like if yeah. I wasn't on a oh golf gosh, course yeah. on a Saturday or Sunday, then it was raining. It mm-hmm. was happening. And I like to always point out though, that we did win the tournament. So
1: last oh time my I gosh. golfed,
2: I went out on top. That's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a, we had a uh, tournament that we were in and it was just a hot day. So afterwards we thought, Hey, you know what? Your, your folks live really close to this golf course. There's a pool. Let's go cool off and jump in the pool. And that is what changed my life forever. Was just one simple jump head first into a pool. And my head hit the bottom of the pool barely as I was coming up, but instantly I knew I was paralyzed. The sensations are weird because they're not normal. Like so the way I have to describe things, I have to try to be creative in the way people can kind of understand what the sensations feel like because it's not paralyzed is not you don't feel i feel actually throughout my entire body like if you touch my leg or something like that i'm gonna know you're touching my leg it just feels much different and so but the first sensation i ever had when when i had that paralysis is i felt like a raft that deflated you know and if you pull that rip cord and it just inflates all of a sudden i felt like my body just became puffed and like huge and like heavy, but yet like light at the same time. And it was just not connecting. I couldn't click. I knew I wasn't moving anything. I was looking straight down into a pool of water. Uh, surprisingly, there wasn't a lot of fear though. I was just very committed to like understanding the situation, trying to figure out how I was going to be able to signal to my friends that. I'm in trouble because I'm the jokester, so they you know I could see them thinking like, "Ah, oh, what's James doing? just laying down there. But I did take my last breath, and I did know I was coming, and I passed out, and I came back too. my friends got me out of the pool. they were able to do c p r on me, which knowing the anatomy of my injury the idea that they were able to do that is pretty incredible because again, knowing what I know now, the the lack of lung capacity, the amount of water I had, the six months of hospital stay afterwards, I don't know how they were able to get me back and breathing, to be quite honest. But the second I woke up, like the moment was very intense. And I could tell that. James, can I the, ask a
0: couple quick questions? I know yeah. you're, you're, you're rocking and rolling along. Great. But I just, I just, as, and one thing I want our listeners to know, James, you and I are speaking for the first time ever today, yeah. correct? As far yeah. as I know, actually, now that you're talking to me, there's a scenario where we might've been in the same room at that Oregon Realty a few times. Cause I, I went to quite a few of those classes there, who knows, okay. but Joe called James and had a conversation about some of this. And, and we've both seen the video, which is very well done. But I purposefully, and this is something I do strategically a lot of times with these podcasts, I purposefully haven't talked to you before because I, I'm inquisitive and curious and I want to ask questions genuinely with genuine interest live so our listeners can, can experience that, not me regurgitating like, hey, we talked about this. But so I have some questions for you. Um, did True. you jump into the deep side part
2: of the pool or was it, or was it not? Yeah, good deep-... question. There was a deck built around it. I don't even know if there is a deep side of the pool or not, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't even, I can't even tell you to this day how deep that pool probably was even. And it wasn't like, it was just a kind of a jump in, like normal every day. You wouldn't think, yeah, it's just kind of a jump in. And, you know, my hands kind of hit the bottom, but it's just my head. It was really, I think, the, angle of my neck when I hit the bottom of it more than the actual like hitting it hard if mm-hmm. that makes sense because I didn't mm-hmm. hit it hard I wasn't con- I had no con- concussion I would no contusion on my forehead there was I mean I didn't have any type of bruising or swelling there I think it was just a simple like right at the right angle at the
1: wrong time yeah were you guys drinking at the golf tournament? I was gonna oh, ask. That was my next question. Yeah, no, that's
2: a, no, and that's a great question. I'm not a huge drinker, actually. So, I mean, I might have had a beer or two, but no, I, I primarily just don't drink. So it wasn't a drinking issue, which I'm glad because, again, I needed. I'm glad that there was all sober people around me to help me, mm-hmm. right? Because I will say this: if it was alcohol related, it would have been a lot worse for me, obviously, because I don't do that. And if that was the case, when an injury like this happens, a lot of people are affected greatly, right? And with that, there's an amount of guilt that can come, right? Because you have done something you feel like that has changed the dynamic of a lot of people's lives. And so had there been alcohol involved, that would have been probably really difficult for me to have dealt with. So I'm glad that that was not the situation and yeah. a lot of people, and I'm actually glad that you brought that up because a lot of people wonder that. And I mm. l- always like to set the record straight with that. But to be honest with you, whether I was or wasn't, I think it's irrelevant too. Cause I know a lot of people, I go and counsel people and stuff. People are, if you're an adult and you have a couple beverages and you want to jump in a the pool, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, mm-hmm. So I always try to let people know, Hey, you know, I've had, I've met, so many people who have had injuries in so many different weird ways that I mean I've had someone who's just been pushed and fell over, and now they're a c five
1: pottterble hey that that reminds me of something James so there's a family friend of ours that we're mm-hmm. really close with, and I believe he had his anniversary where he's lived more days after the accident than before uh, I don't know if there's a term for that, but this happened 25 30 years ago when you just said c5 so you have your like your cervical your thoracic your lumbar and then your sacrum which is your ass basically
2: yeah your then, tailbone
1: yeah so when you had your accident do they still have the asia scale yeah. where
2: yeah yeah and i can talk about that
1: okay so you're a, a c5 so in My your
2: injury is when we talk about C5, your first vertebrae is C1. So yes. when I talk numbers, we're talking about the bone vertebrae of the neck. Okay. So it goes from C one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then and then you and eight. And then you start going down to the L's and the T or the T's and the L's and all those different. And what that means is my vertebrae. My second, third, and fourth vertebrae were completely shattered. They had to take those out with, like, you know, toothpicks and stuff. Um, so so I have a cage in my neck to support where those vertebraes are no longer. The spinal cord itself was severed, not all the way. It's called an incomplete uh, injury. And that was done at the C5 level. So that means from chest down, I don't have any, like, voluntary movement. So that means like hands, I don't have hands. And I know it's kind of hard to show on, on a video like this, but But you do have arms. You do have arms. Well, I have biceps. Every muscle group I have is weakened. First of all, I pretty much have shoulders, biceps. So I can pull you towards me, Steve, or arm roughly. But if you wanted to put a feather on my hand and push me just a little bit, I'm not pushing you away at all. I don't have that strength. That's what I have to use my shoulders for more to like kind of gain momentum, so to speak. And that helps. But no, I don't have much muscle group. And the really the biggest problem is the hands being so curled in that that makes it really difficult, because it's hard to grab anything. So I use what's called 10 which is probably a four hour podcast. But in short, everyone has it. And all you do, the way I use my fingers is I drop my wrist. I Thankfully, I have wrist control, okay? So I can drop my wrist. And what happens is your fingers open up. And then when you bring them back up, if you go slow, they close. And you, even if you guys work on it, you can do it. It's funny, I always teach people. And it's so funny watching able-bodied people having no idea how to like work their own hands. It's hilarious. Because everyone's trying to do it like, They're following me more than actually trying to like do it naturally. It's kind of interesting, but it's a natural reaction that we have. And I was lucky that while I was in the hospital, this was a new form of what they were doing before they were making sure that people like myself, our hands didn't get contorted. They wanted to lay them out and flatten them out. Problem with that, though, is you lose all rigidity in your fingers And when you lose all that rigidity, using then now that tenodesis that I talk about to open and close things, I would have no power or strength in these fingers to hold anything. So I've actually, in a sense, molded both my hands. This hand here, I've molded to open more so I can like grab a cup or something like that. And this hand I've molded to be tighter. So when I want to put a fork or a spoon or something like a pen or something, this my right hand is more tight. So I don't lose a lot of those type of things. So I have like a right hand and a left hand, just like everyone else, but they're two very different tools.
1: Okay. So then, then typically with this Asia scale, I forgot what it stands for, sure. like association of spinal injury. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: what they try to do is, so when I first got injured, I knew nothing about paralysis, of course. Like The idea that I could feel underneath, I just assumed everyone who was paralyzed just had no sensation, right? I didn't know anything about being paralyzed or the spasms and all that that come to it. Asia scoring is, they never can really determine how impacted your spinal cord really was because there's so much inflammation and everything like that that they're not quite sure how your spinal cord is really going to react from today to pretty much they think six years. From the day you get injured, a lot of people, six years later have a big body change for whatever reason. It's a common theme in spinal cord injuries. And I have found that to be true too, at my, I'm seven, almost eight years in now. And at my six year period, my body changed where I was dealing with different complications. Like I had more spasms as an example where before I didn't have as many spasms, but I had other issues maybe. And it's kind of an odd thing that it's a very common thing that happens where it like mutates and starts changing a little bit, which is a little frustrating because, you know, I, I have to hone in everything with the skill sets that I have. And then when one little body part changes on you that you can't rely on the same way again, you're like, God oh, darn it, now I gotta rewrite the whole map again. Technology's been great but it also can be difficult because I rely on it now. You know, we all do. I was watching one of your guys' podcasts and you're talking about you guys couldn't get on social media for a little while. And like, you guys were having panic attacks, right? (laughs) Like everything that I do requires that type of technology, you know, like my van, I've got to make sure my van door opens up and the flag comes out and I can click into my van and get in there and like just everything is an element of if it goes wrong, I don't really have a, a, a lot of room for error.
0: James, I would imagine you rely heavily on voice to text, right? Yeah. No,
2: I text. I'm actually a pretty quick texter with my, with my digit. You can. Be okay. You.
0: That's good. Okay. I didn't yeah. realize your hands could allow you. So you can type and, and, and so when you're, and we'll get to your work here in a little bit, sure. but, yeah. but you, you, you're able to type up contracts and all, all of that.
2: Yep. Yep. No, I'm good with touchscreen. I, okay. I, don't, I don't like using um, keyboards at all. I use Apple products because I just, you know, I like the cloud and everything. But I will say that can be limited too. There's a lot of products that like the, my website that I had and stuff, I can't use an iPad to get into the back end of it. And it's like, well, that's not helpful. So I had to mm-hmm. find a new out, you know, website provider that... Because at one point they did, it was working on... I had to be on Chrome maybe instead of Safari, right? But it was working, but then they changed it. And then I couldn't get into the back end of my website. And we all know how, as agents, we put a lot of time into those type of things, right? The idea of having to switch all that stuff over to another website is either daunting or I'm just going to pay for it, right? One or the other. And that's stuff that I have to deal with because of my injury. That's an injury related thing. Um, now, of course people can, in our industry have different websites all the time, not be happy with them, stuff like that, but not be forced to just because they don't have the ability to put on their back end some sort of homes for heroes page or something like that. Cause they don't have access to it anymore. So it's, Things like that that are a little discouraging, but there's always like, I'm always finding solutions is what I say. You know, we're in that kind of career, right? I mean, all we're doing is trying to deflect issues before they get to our clients and solve them, right? So I just find that. I just, there's a problem, find a solution. If it works great, if it doesn't, then figure out a different solution.
0: James, let's chat about your return to your career. I mean, we watched your video and it was no quick break, let's say, from the business. It sounded like nine months in the hospital. Maybe it was less or six. more. Six months. And then, and then you went into some kind of rehab facility where you learned new skills for a while, correct?
2: So that whole six-month period would include the rehab time as well. Okay. Um, I was So when I was first injured, I was vent dependent. So I had trach. And I required a vent to live because I couldn't breathe on my own. So I had a lot of lung issues was my biggest complications. And then I also had like an emergency ulcer that started bleeding internally that I had to get rushed back into the emergency room for, for, you know, another probably five days in ICU or something. So I had a lot of complications in the first three months. And primarily that was with just the breathing issues. And that Um, was because
0: of the drowning, correct?
2: it was because i don't have the muscles now like when i breathe i actually have pretty good pipes most people in my condition have to take like big deep breaths and gas for air because i really breathe from my stomach more than my lungs anymore because everything below injury right from here down we call it like everything falls we call it quad gut actually Because literally all your organs, all your things, everything slowly starts to kind of fall down because they no longer are held up muscle. And sometimes you can use like, like I'll use a back brace sometimes to like kind of bring things up here and there and and things like that. But yeah, those, and it can be painful as you can imagine. Sometimes organs start rubbing on each other and you have to go in and kind of get them massaged and stuff like that. Kind of weirdness is that, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And miraculously, James, your voice seems to be very minimally affected, which is, I mean, and that's, I'm sure, if if we were to delve into the positivities you've taken from it, I mean, that's something that's been huge for you, I'm sure, and allowed you to continue to to have a a, a livelihood that you could focus on, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate it because I didn't have this good of a voice for quite a while, okay. and so. And so I actually, yeah, no, you, you picked up on something that was big and, and my voice is different actually. And sometimes it's different just like tomorrow, Sunday, I might have like a weak voice for like an hour Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know why it's not even if I talk too much, it just might be a little depressed a little bit, but no, I am very happy with my ability to talk and speak because again, I know a lot of people in my condition who do not have that ability and that's kind of my gift
0: i've had laryngitis once and and Mm -hmm. and i remember that day i was like in the office trying to talk to people and i was like man i'm like a i'm like a carpenter that doesn't have a hammer right now i mean it is our lifeblood our being able to communicate vocally is is huge so there was a huge silver lining for you i i wanted to comment one thing and I, i i we skipped over but your background was contracting Tucker's words echoed in my mind when you were talking cuz Tucker always used to say that we as realtors and I'm no exception by the way are a rare breed where you can sell a product you don't really understand. And um he always would say that meaning meaning we don't know you know a house how it's built. We don't understand you know what the different processes and order of things are when you, as you're building it necessarily, and some of us have learned along the way, but we didn't on day one, and so I do respect your background in that regards. And I I've often thought those who come from a construction background or a contractor background, what a huge advantage for them if if they now, of course, there are skills that are needed in our business. Oh yeah, A lot of times contractors in general don't have, right? People skills, exactly. you know, sales skills, um, likability, et cetera, et cetera, right? You were blessed to have those as well and and that background. So that was huge. It sounds like, okay, so six months later, you came home. Did you move yep. into the same house? Did you have to yep. move in somewhere different?
2: So I had a two-story house, no, no master on main. So I'm living in my dining room when I come home. I've got a bed in my dining room that's this adjustable bed. I've got this whole new routine because I was also coming back from, I had a, uh, when I had that pressure, I had a pressure sore, which was a really, really bad injury, actually. That's actually how Christopher Reeve, Superman, who, you know, most famous quadriplegic we all know, passed away from something like that. So I had a pretty big injury that I occurred while I was in the hospital, which was that. And so coming home, was terrifying. I was excited to come home because I had been in the hospital for six months and the hospital was there nowhere to be. You don't want to be there and you don't sleep. There's no sleep involved in the hospital because they're coming in and check. like I had to get turned like every like two hours on my side. So like every two hours I'm getting woken up and all this other stuff because we have to because our skin isn't prepared yet to be laying flat for so long. We can get sores. Does that it's change stuff like with that time, um, james i it sores are definitely something I still deal with. I had an eight month uh sore I dealt with in two thousand twenty one just not too long ago, and it was eight months in bed until it would recover.
0: We're getting to your business and and yep. we've got tons of great stuff to talk about there. I just want so you you went to your home are you still in that house or did you quickly move no, to a no no nope.
2: okay. i've I've since moved and I have a one story
0: okay okay, okay. yep, yep. So let's talk about your transition. I mean, it seems to me it wasn't a no brainer that you're going to be a realtor again. I mean, was did in
2: my mind it wasn't actually to me it was no doubt. You
0: always knew you were gonna get back into real estate. And yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I knew I could set up a system.
2: Well, I think when I was originally injured, I told myself, I think the main thing I told myself is people around me are going to be and feel and act the way that I feel and act and portray myself. And so Absolutely. I was, I was a big, like, I wanted. Con- there's, I, I found there's kind of like two types of injuries. There's people who work on themselves and their bodies all the time. And that's what makes them complete. And I think that's great. And then I find there's people which I fell in line with is I just wanted to get back to work and there's going to be things that I'm just going to pay people to do for me in lieu of trying to spend hours trying to do it myself, because I don't like being inefficient. And that just drives me nuts.
1: I want to read you some of this stuff, because you mean a lot to so many people. And Mm -hmm. I have my screen minimized, and we have what's going on at Masters at the same time. But Brandon Hayes says, I've done one transaction with James Lee. It was one of the smoothest to date, fist bump. Uh, Nice. Tammy Anderson, she missed the date of the accident. What was that date again? June 21st,
2: 2011.
1: Okay. Leslie Dirk says, so much respect for James Lee. You have cool. to experience a loved one firsthand to know how much work he has to go through every day. And then Scott Pascal, what a guy. I hope to meet him one day. So, all right, Scott, we we'll will. I knew you before the accident as just a positive, likable guy and Mm -hmm. what I perceive to be ethical. That was kind of about it. And then with the accident awareness kind of like shot up because gosh, one of our own got into an accident. What can we do? Which leads me to how can the real estate community help people like you with mobility issues?
2: Well, one, I will say that if I wasn't in the real estate industry when I got injured, I don't know where I would be because the industry came together in a way that was just amazing. I mean, people, again, when you read those things, I still don't feel like I'm deserving enough. I still feel like the dork that jumped in a pool and became paralyzed. you know. And then at this point, it's like, yeah, I got to keep living. And I understand that I have a good, positive outlook. What I've come to terms with is, Someone told me, you can't tell someone how to be inspired. And I'm like, well, I guess you're right about that. So if I do inspire someone and they do better because of that, even though I feel awkward about it, I'm becoming more comfortable with this, aware- like, this awareness. I'm not interested in being like famous or on TV or doing a lot of these podcasts. But when I do and I get these personal messages from people that I don't know from across the country saying like, wow, hey, thank you for that. I've been dealing with this. And then we can have this like really great conversation that goes somewhere that leads to a really good, close relationship. I found that that's what's coming from me being more open. And I'm finding that I really enjoy that.
1: How much of your business, a lot of brokers say, hey, I'm a listing agent or I'm a selling agent. And do you specialize in listings or buyers, or is it a mix? Mm, neither. And how often are you physically at the
2: houses? I'm going to shed some light on a few things that I have found that has helped my career because of my wheelchair. Uh, one, open houses, completely disarming. I'm not, I'm not the sales guy anymore. Like They almost feel obligated to have to come and talk to me because, first of all, I harass them to no end. I beat people into submission is what I do to get leads, and I'm I'm allowed now to do that because I say I'm in a wheelchair and no one can like say anything bad. I'm like I'm I'm just if you steal anything I'll kill you, you know. Come back to me, tell me what you think about the house. If you don't like it, we'll go find you another one. So I can be completely like that and not like people don't look at me as like this able-bodied jerk that might come across as aggressive. They just laugh now. I'm that guy. <laughs> and yeah. And so instantly, you know, when you can get someone comfortable, that's what it's all about, right? Get comfortable. Don't promote what your value is yet. Get them to know you and then show them the value you have. And, and at that point, it's like, well, are you a smart person or would you like to keep beating your head against the wall with open houses? And so it's a pretty easy sell. And so that has become like the wheelchair. Um, James,
0: how do you get in the house if it's not
2: wheelchair accessible? That's a, None of them are wheelchair accessible. Great question. Yeah. yeah. No, I have. Yeah. Great question. One, I have buying agents, right? So I do have people that will show clients uh, homes for me, but I do like to get into a lot of the homes. I have aluminum portable ramps that I have in my van I have, I have three of them. I actually have some that go all the way up five seats, like five steps if I needed to. So there's not a lot of homes I cannot get into. There are certain homes I choose to or not to depending on like the hard surfaces. Do they have a lot of carpet? Cause I want to be cognizant of that too, but I'm always uh, upfront with the listing agents or anything like that too. And I've never had a bad reaction. Like, Oh my God, we don't want your wheelchair. Of there.
0: course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Course, and and yeah. not,
2: and, and, but it's because, you know, like if it's really wet or something like that, I'm like, I'm not showing sure properties cause I'm going to get someone's, yeah. you know, house all wet so I'm gonna that, it's like that's where I tap on are you able to do sidle. it all by
0: yourself you drive there yourself and you're I able don't to get drive the ramps. myself okay I
2: don't do the ramps myself so I always have so most of my showings, and this is where my father's coming in now most of my showings I do do a lot with my father because again he has that skill set of being able to see things and being able to say hey this isn't a problem or, "Hey, this is an issue because he has that building mindset again and then a lot of face time you know if they're upstairs looking at stuff and they're like, there's nothing my, either my buying agents or like my father can't answer, but if they still want me to look at stuff, which they do a lot, of course, and I want to see it also, we have technology, FaceTime, I'll be right downstairs. Let's look at it, let's you know figure out what we need to do. And it's never been an issue. Hmm. My clients have not ever made me feel like I've been less adequate than
1: before. What are your biggest obstacles today? What do you want realtors to know? You have told us a little bit about your bus project that hasn't been told yet on the podcast. And I know you have your own custom designer hat. So that's probably 30 minutes right there. But what are the biggest obstacles right now? And, and what do you want realtors to know?
2: Biggest obstacles for me is just mobility, getting around. It's just difficult. There's a lot that is involved in this injury. That would take another thirty minutes to talk about. So that's difficult. I but I've been able again to really fix that problem. The most difficult thing is is reminding myself that the way I'm doing business is still good and still effective. Yeah, I think that's my biggest problem. I think it's me. I want to make sure that I'm not inadequate. And so I've started to finally figure out. It's like, oh no, everyone still likes me. I'm still doing well, right? You know.
0: Do you have that conversation with your clients? Do you share your video oh, yeah. with them? Do you go, Hey, look, these are some of the challenges I have. This is how I'm going to get through it. And, and here's, here's where I'm, I have strengths because of this.
2: Yep. Yep. Nope. I'm always upfront with everybody.
0: Of course. I mean, you kind yeah. of have to be right.
2: When I talk about the team concept, how we do business, you know, and how things work, all they see is more value. If anything, mm-hmm. they don't see like me not being around it it's me it's like i have a a machine set up but ultimately i'm your go-to you can call and talk to me and i'm gonna know what's going on no matter what whether you have to go see a house with one of my agents or not so really no they actually like it because i also let them know having two agents at any time that can drop what they're doing to go show you a house is actually pretty good because a lot of times it's hard for us agents to drop everything and go show something but in this market if you don't yeah. And your light. dad's
0: one of those agents, James?
2: Yeah. Yep. You're, okay. Yep.
0: And is that relatively recent or? Yep.
2: Yep. He okay. rolled that okay. over. Yeah. No, that's great. What a what
0: a, what a what a huge plus for you. Okay. Keep going with what you were t- talking about. And then with, your, with.
1: your project with the bus. Uh, oh yeah. What, I'm doing a schoolie
2: conversion. Yes. The coolest thing in the world. What my plans are for that. Well, I love to travel personally. And the idea of me going to like airplanes and having my chair shipped and thinking that everything's going to work out if i land mysteriously in mexico just doesn't sound practical so i got an old school bus it's a 2011 i'm turning it into an rv and it's also going to be like a party bus i'm going to come over to your guys's offices and serve ice cream out of it i want to do podcasts out of it i'm making it like a mobile office And I got some pretty dope graphics. Actually, right here, I have a graphic that I made that uh, is becoming quite popular in these schooly communities that are like, I mean, there's some real sycophants on there. They're awesome. And uh, I'm planning on actually, I'm working with a hat distributor right now and a uh, graphic designer so I can start selling these hats so I can start having proceeds go to a nonprofit here local that... Um, people with disabilities can try to get out and do some camping.
1: And you're also uh, a big
2: advocate for Homes for Heroes as well, aren't you? I primarily want to do most of my business with just Homes for Heroes. And the way that that works real simply is you list with me and you are a hero. And a hero is very broad, anywhere from a veteran to active duty to a police to a teacher, which I love. I also opened it up to volunteer teachers or substitute teachers, or even retired teachers. I think they get shafted sometimes. I started it initially Homes for Heroes because of the medical community. So if you're a nurse, CNA, any of that, primarily, if you buy a house from me, you will save 30%. And that's because I reduced my commission by 40, actually. 30 goes to you in the savings. 10 goes into a pot for Homes for Heroes for people who cannot afford to get home. And then if you also purchase with me, and this is the only program I know out there that's allowed to do this. This program, Home for Heroes, was established right after 9-11. If you buy a house from me, I still give up 40% of my paycheck. 30% of it comes to the buyer in the form of a check after closing. I mean, you can't even get a $25 copy card to someone without getting your hand slapped nowadays. So what I go tell lenders and my partners is, hey, if you have a hero in mind, let them know. If they use me or an accredited home for hero person, and they're gonna like buy and sell, you will save close to like literally eight thousand to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's and so,
0: awesome.
2: So let's look at the selfishness of it for, on the business side, right? Not only do I enjoy it one, but we make good paychecks, anyways. As far as I'm concerned. I also think that there's such a good referring network that when I close a hero, there's two other closings coming my way. That's what I've found too. And they're really good income secured jobs. Like when, you know, they're kind of recession proof. a little. Mm-hmm. I kind of try to identify those as well.
0: Yeah. Hey, um, let's do this New York style, Joe. I do want to get some answers to some of these questions. How big was the gap before you came back to real estate? Was it a year? Was it 10 months?
2: So six months in the hospital, four months later, I was doing, I had my first listing.
0: So about 10 months. Okay. Okay. And and what's the typical reaction by clients to your situation?
2: I think most people, when I start talking, I know that I actually motivate people. I'm completely open and honest about it. And I think it's just the part that has helped my business. I bet you don't
0: get ghosted as much as I do. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i don't I, i'm a I bet if, so if I somebody
0: know. was not gonna use you i bet they're they nicely call you back and go oh my gosh i have to tell you why right I, well you know I mean, even are like my last listing. Or advantages right
2: well my last listing that i just closed and i told him about home for heroes and she's like oh i like that you know my uh my dad was a veteran and i'm like as much as i'd love to extend this discount to you. I really want to keep it kind of exclusive. Now, I still gave her, uh, she was an old neighbor of mine. But I'm like, you're getting the old neighbor discount, so you'll be fine. But like, I still like, I want this to be a pretty broad thing because a lot of times these are for very like high end positions maybe or something where like medical community, CNAs, caregivers, things like this are just forgot about. Like they're not as important as a nurse or a doctor. And when I was in the hospital, I found that to be completely untrue. They worked their asses off. So
1: it's the
2: only thing I feel like I can do to help because physically I'm not that much help. Mm -hmm.
0: It sounds like though, when you're in the office, you can do anything, all of the rest of us can. You can talk to clients, you can type, you can put together deals. So, and that's a huge that's a huge plus. And and to focus on that as your strength, with your team helping you, including a close ally and your father. I mean, what a what a great uh, uh, so you know fortunate. dynamic. It sounds like most agents in the industry, most agents and industry insiders are supportive of your situation. They're trying to help you figure out how to show the property. That's awesome. That was a question we had. And then, I mean, Joe touched on this, James, but. Your numbers are good. You're five to six million. You're you're above average by far in our area. There's you know, of the twelve, thirteen thousand agents in our market, I would guess, you know, you're doing more than I'm totally guessing, but three or you're you're doing more than half of them, six, seven thousand of them. And a lot of them are probably at times like we started this podcast, and as was commented in Masters you know, we're, we're thinking about our deficiencies, why we wish we had this going for us or why the market's not what it is. I mean, what an inspiration you are to our industry to get back out there and just figure out how to do what almost could have seemed impossible before. What would you attribute that mindset and that success to James?
2: Get in front of people. I don't even have a CRM or a drip email campaign. Uh, You know, it's just getting in front of people, letting them know the value that you can have for them, building relationships, and not having to worry that I have to keep talking to someone all the time for them to think of me when they want to sell their house. I want to have a real connection with someone where we're friends, and they want to use their friend as a realtor.
1: And And also,
2: that's what I try to do.
1: The theory stands true. If they like you, believe you're capable of doing the job, and trust you, they're going to do business with you. And, you know, real estate is a relationship business. Mm -hmm. And prospecting is a contact sport, right? Uh, And I like
2: to be very directed in my.
1: Absolutely.
0: And real estate is a problem solving business. And who better to solve problems than you and what you've overcome, right? Like, I mean, your clients get that.
2: Have you ever heard of a physiatrist before? It's a doctor. Yeah, I could be a physiatrist. So just you not even knowing that position, like I could be almost a neurosurgeon. So like in terms of like awareness and spreading awareness and stuff, yeah. Like I'm glad that I can spread this awareness and have these great conversations with people and build relationships and have fun doing it. And I've only actually I've had better relationships sense than I had before with my clients. And Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I've been really the last two years kind of what I would consider skating on my book of business. I haven't been really aggressive in marketing. I haven't been doing a lot of what I was doing when I first got injured because I was doing enough. That, But now I'm kind of getting to the point I want to start getting back into it heavy again. My body's cooperating a little bit more. So I feel like I'm more reliable.
0: I predict, James, that this is the beginning of many good things and growth in your business to come. I mean, through the dynamics of your team and your ability to focus on what you're able to do and work the advantages you do have, I mean, by all means, use them. I I think the goodwill towards you is is monstrous, and and I think you deserve that goodwill, and and I think you, you are entitled to benefit from that, having overcome all that you've overcome. We're wrapping up a couple things. What, would you, what else would you like to share with our listeners? And Joe touched on this, but I want to bring it up again. We as the real estate community, what can we do to help others like you that are less mobile?
2: If you are dealing with somebody who has disability issues, like maybe myself or something, first, I would offer myself to anyone if they would like to call and talk to me or instant message me or something. A lot of people in my condition are not nearly as open as I am. So, people, a lot of people are very insecure. I think just asking questions of being specific. How do you need to see things? How should I show you? Don't be scared to ask, like, well, you guys have asked great questions and you submitted great questions to me beforehand. So, I think have that mindset. Don't expect to know what someone needs to ask them, and you'll come to find they're going to appreciate that. Like when you ask me a question that I think is super thoughtful and stuff, I'm like, thank you. I would like to answer that so you can have because you're because you're actually wanting to know. It's the thing. So I would say don't be hesitant around anyone that might have a similar disability and don't walk on an thinking you might say something wrong or whatever. Just ask them what they need. And mm-hmm. if they can't tell you, then sad lib, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: Joe, what else you got? I think that's it. We've hit our hour, and we've kind of dashed through all of the questions. Which, for three guys that like to talk, uh, (laughs) it's not easy to do. We could have had one question and and carried on for a couple hours. But Mm -hmm. uh, James, there's more great stuff. People just saying, "I love James." You know, great choice for a a guest speaker. Oh, that's Um, nice to hear. You make me so happy. We're so glad to see you're doing well. Yolo. From, i'm gonna um, buy a ton of hats cassie price and and jennifer rinsing and then when you get your hat thing figured out i want one not in mm-hmm. construction orange I, I will want one of the black ones
2: okay and, so you saw uh, them
1: yeah okay give us, i've got give about us, eight
2: different ones to choose
1: great give us the website we'll post it in masters the cool. first order is going to be mine uh cool. and uh i want we'll one get with people the flaps of We'll get people. flaps is a great. People time. out there
2: like me and get out, get them out camping. Yeah. See if we can see if we can get some more people to enjoy this of awesome mine and go out and get out and have fun.
0: I, I will speak personally. I mean, I would look forward to doing a deal with you. Like if I had ten offers on a house, I'd be, I'd be going. How do we get James's accepted? Come on, James, you got to get do, get this done. And and I would hope all the other listeners out there and all the members of Masters who watch this and and see this story i i man if there's ever a, an agent to root for and to hope the best for james you you fit the bill in every way so congratulations well, thank you. I on do, your success
2: and- there's one thing i do want to set uh, stories straight. there is another quadriplegic realtor that i do know of his name is kip so Here, i am not locally yep, or yep locally yep sandy actually so i am not the only i do want to point that out so i do have a and I I know of others. Well, you nationally. better hope you don't
0: get into a multiple offer situation with him on the on the deal. Oh, I mean, my God, I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, since we can't write letters anymore, I'm, I was thinking like, well, can I write a letter about myself? Then <laughs> is, that, is that illegal? Yeah, that yes. Matter? Yes.
0: Put it in the body of the email, even though despite, you know, being quadriplegic, I have an amazing team. Watch them not pick you.
2: I'll just like shamelessly embed my video into each offer. Yeah. Yeah. Work it. Work (laughs) it.
0: Absolutely. You deserve to. You deserve to. Hey, I
2: had such a good time, guys. Thanks. Anytime you want me back on, let me know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fabulous. Thank you, James. Yep. Thank you guys. And again, uh, if anyone ever wants to have a discussion with me about any of their clients that are dealing with a disability, again, I'm more than happy to talk.
1: Let's talk about that when we go wine tasting in your school. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Let's get out there and have some fun. All right, guys. Love it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Great show.
2: Yep. Mm, Bye.
1: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Portland Real Estate Podcast, Oregon and Washington's number one show for cutting-edge real estate discussions. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to the members of Masters in Real Estate, a private and exclusive Facebook group, and the number one source for all real estate topics. Thanks for being there, gang. I love you. Finally, I want to thank our faithful listeners. Without an audience, we're just two guys talking to each other. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so the new episodes automatically come to you. Make it great.